Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Mudgear Battle of the Lions Pro, Evan Preparis. You'll notice the name change there. We might talk about that in a little bit. And I had to stop myself so I didn't say the wrong name this time. But we got a guest with us on the line. Want to jump into talking about OCR World Championships. Before we get to him, though, a quick word from this episode's sponsor. So this episode is brought to you by Mythic Race. Mythic Race is a locally owned obstacle course race coming to Missouri on the southeast corner of Missouri, April 23rd, 2022. So it's being put on by William Shell. He's a former track athlete. He's been in strength and speed the last couple of years. Uh, he's been slowly getting better at OCR uh, over the last couple of years. Just kept his band at OCR World Championships. And he's putting on a race with the help of race-ready obstacles. So if you know the guys who are doing, doing some of the build at OCRWC and then also helping out with brands like Frontline, uh, they're going to come down and help build his race. So it's going to be a 5K course with 25-plus obstacles. There'll be you know, a lot of the usual stuff, elite wave, open waves, and then there's also a five-hour multi-lap option. So, yeah, you definitely want to head over and check out Mythic Race. You want to support local race brands. Uh, and if you can use code MYTHIC20 for $20 off uh, for the best pricing. So, really excited about them. They, you know, we use William Shell's property for day seven of OCR America, too. So, um, knows what he's doing, and I'm excited to see what his actual race venue looks like. Uh, because that, that was not the race venue that we were just using some of his personal property. Speaking of local brands, joining me, I have the owner of Noob Sanity, Jarrett Newby. So, Jarrett, welcome. Thank you. And if you're not familiar with Jarrett, um, you know, been involved in OCR pretty much since the beginning. He's got, you know, two top 10 finishes at World's Toughest Mudder. He's got, is it two or three top 10 finishes at OCRWC at 3K? I have two. Two. And, um, yeah, and then on top of that, you know, a handful of podiums across pretty much all the brands. So, you know, three or four at Spartan at Elite Waves, three or four Savage, three or four Battle Frog. So, you know, just kind of mixing it up all over the place. And honestly, just, you're, you're super fast and you'd have more um, if you race more. But obviously, you're, you're running your own series uh, at your property there. So you're a busy man. Yeah, I was going to say we have a lot of a lot of local races where, you know, we, we end up beating up on each other. And, you know, we're really proud of those races, but, you know, that's, that's not going to make the front page for anybody else. Yeah. Um, we're, we're starting to be better known. We had a, a pretty, pretty good race this spring at our mud gauntlet. We had um, Joshua Reed, Josh Fiore, um, Brian Brizolara, and Michael Suazo all battling out for a podium position in the women's side was, was pretty stacked too with Miranda Kilpinski and, um, Lorene or Jereen Klinberg, Kelly Glenn, um, just, so it, it's certainly one of those things where, you know, you show up to a local race and it's all the people that are normally podiuming at Spartan and Savage. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always, that's always a surprise. The, um, and then I've obviously, I forgot to mention the biggest, uh, accomplishment. So world championship, right? You, you won the pro co-ed division at OCO world championships, the team relay. Uh, with Ryan Brizolara and Jereen, what's her last name again? Klinberg. Klinberg. There you go. So, yeah, huge news. So we wanted to bring Jared on, one, talk about his win. Two, uh, wanted to share some opinions on OCR World Championships, just kind of the whole weekend and all the different events that they put on. Three, always excited about future predictions because Jared's got um, – he hit the nail on the head a couple times already. You know, we've had him on the podcast twice before. He predicted or – requested and then they followed through i don't i don't know what you want to say about that but 
the online pit selection for World's Toughest Mudder, which has been going on in 2019, obviously didn't happen in 2020, and it's happening in 2021. And then on top of that, he talked about some of the consolidation of the major obstacle course race brands. And as we all know, uh, Spartan or Joe DeSena now controls the biggest brands in the industry, right? He controls Tough Mudder, he controls Spartan. So both of those predictions uh, came to fruition. So that's pretty interesting. I'm giving lotto picks at the end of this one, so definitely stay tuned. <laughs> All right, so let, let's jump into OCR World Championships and some of your opinions on it. Um, you know, they for those who weren't there, so Friday is typically the 3K, Saturday is the 15K, Sunday is the team relay, and then on top of that is the charity event. And then throughout the whole weekend, there was the 100-meter kind of qualifying rounds, and then it went head-to-head on Sunday uh, after the team relay. So let's start with in chronological order. Uh, give me some of your thoughts on the uh, OCR World Championships 3K race. From a, from a race standpoint, I thought the obstacles were, were really good. I thought that the obstacle mix was right for a good race. Um, I know a lot of people have said this, but I think the huge climb in the 3K was just, it was too much. Like if it was half that climb, you know, it still counts a hill as an obstacle, but it just turned into a mountain race. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's tough, you know, and you see some of the people that are just so fast on the obstacles and, and they just, they were in such a hole come, you know, at the bottom of the hill, like a Sean Roberts. We're going up the hill. Um, we're both in the, the first wave that went off, which was a little bit of a surprise for me, but I'll take it. I was actually on the starting line looking around, trying to get someone's attention so they could put my teammate Ryan Brazilar up there instead of me. And we're going up the hill and we're just looking at each other like, is this hill ever going to end? You know, he's, he was a elite college 800-meter runner. Um, I ran the 800, but he's way faster than I ever was. And he's younger than I am. And he just, he dug himself a hole going up the hill and, you know, fought back once it got to the flat and the obstacles. But I think that was probably tough for everybody that weekend. When you think of 3k, you think of it geared a little bit more towards speed and obstacle proficiency, not, not a climb. Yeah. Or a climb of that magnitude. How'd you feel about it? So, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, let me preface all of this first by saying OCR world championships, I think is the best, weekend of OCR period, right? So this is, um, I would say this is me being very nitpicky. Like, and if it's like, you know, like, yeah, they, they, just, yeah they did 99. They set the bar so high for themselves. I agree. Where, where you're just saying, you know, if I had a magic wand and I was the race director, here's what I would have done. But, exactly. you know, what they put together, you're like, hey, are you signing up again? You're like, of course. Yeah, no doubt. No <laughs> is, doubt. Is, is that a super meaningful race? You're like, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm with you on that one. So, yeah, I would agree. You know, the previous years, the 3K course just had a little bit of the mountain, right? Because obviously you need some of the mountain because that's it's it's essentially on a mountain, right? So you need some of it to physically get the amount of distance. But it was like we, we crested that first corner where you can see from the start line. And I was like, oh, we're we're like not even halfway yet. And I was like, that's a surprise. <laughs> so um, luckily I saved a little bit of energy. So, you know, I powered through that. But the um, yeah. I, to me, it was like we were testing the same attributes of running on both days, right? Like, yes, the 15K was longer, but, you know, mountain climbers are mountain climber. And uh, I think mountain climbers were doing well in the 3K and the 15K. Like, I, I didn't feel like it differentiated uh, the two fields enough. So, 
when when I think of the three K, normally I think of someone is like, how fast is your mile time? You know, it should be a good predictor. How fast is your five K time? You know, still a predictor of it. But there's people that can climb um, where you know their mile time and their fifteen K time don't don't line up with you know that of somebody that normally I think historically does does well in this speed event. So it just was a climb so anyways i'll i'll stop beating a dead horse there <laughs> i did like the density of the obstacles like after that hill climb basically you started hitting obstacles and then it was just like obstacle after obstacle with like very little break and i thought yeah personally i thought there was like there was what was it um valkyrie then pendulum then uh canyon which are all upper body obstacles where you're grabbing rings and traversing with your hands uh but to me they weren't they weren't so hard that like if i failed i couldn't get back in line and kind of shake my hands out and try it again um i liked how it kind of like you know gave you a brief recovery but you know i think people kept their bands um as opposed to making like just one super technical rig so yeah i thought that was interesting and and I really like this on the 3K, and we can talk about it for the, the 100 meter later. But I loved how some of these obstacles were set up in the 3K, and you could do it in the 15K. You're just a little more gassed, where you could jump in and you could skip some stuff. Yeah. Because I think that really puts the advantage to the obstacle specialist. Where, you know, if you're if you're Leon Kofed and you um, and and you're able to to gain five seconds because you leaped into this thing and lachéed through it. Like that's meaningful on a 3K and it was set up in a way where you could do that. So um, Urban Sky, you could just launch yourself, skip some of the first bits of that that one. Same thing with Valkyrie and even on Canyon, I saw some people just taking these wild dives to the low ring, swinging underneath. And that was before it got raised. Like some of those guys at the, the top of the pro field were, were doing some cool stuff and making up some time there. Yeah. The uh, what do you think of Canyon? So for those who are not tracking, essentially it's reverse Valkyrie. So you're going, you're starting at a high ring and you're going down and then back up a set of rings. And at at on the three k on the Friday day, the bottom was was really low. Like I I went through with kind of just my knees bent and I felt like the grass rubbing my you know ankles and knees. Um, versus I know if you were taller, which I imagine Jared you had to do this. I imagine you had to, did you have to go into like a cannonball position to make it through. Yeah. I was, I looked like a, a gymnast doing like the legs out thing. So I was like doing a, a lever to get underneath it. But I, even as someone who's six four, it was doable. Um, the, the toughest part I think people had when I was watching is a lot of people could get underneath the first day, but they couldn't get all the way back up to the top. Their arms would give out by that fourth ring. Mm. So although they raised it up, I think one of the things that made it easier and got people through it was the fact that the bell was one lower. Yeah. They, they removed the top ring and replaced it with the bell. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw a bunch of people on the three kicks. I was watching it. I knew that would be a key to the race where they got stuck on that third ring. You know, they're just there. They couldn't pull themselves up anymore and they couldn't reach for far enough to get the bell. So, now I'm going to give a shout out to, so one of my strength and speed uh, guys who's always paces me at all my endurance event, Daniel Leonard, He's a big dude. If if you haven't seen what Daniel Leonard looks like, look him up, right? Like he's a tall man and a big guy and he gets through, he gets through all the obstacles every time. So um, I always love, I always love it when he 
you know, he shows up because it's like, well, you know, a lot of people show up with excuses after the race. And it's like, well, here's Daniel. Like, he's a big dude. And, uh, and he's pretty tall. And he kept his band. So what do you, do you know, do you know the completion percentage for the 3K? Because I have the, that's the stat in front of me that OCRWC literally posted six minutes ago. I don't have it, but I would take it broken down. Is it broken down by pro versus age group or just overall? Just it's just overall. So it's a huge difference. Yeah. 3K, 15K, and team. It's broken down by. I I would think for the 3K, I mean, you probably lost 50% of your bands. Yeah. Because of Canyon. Not not, not too far off. 64% kept their bands. So you had a 46% uh, failure rate. 36. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. 36. Math, right? Yeah. It's important. Math. (laughs) Yeah. I I would say, I mean, I didn't see anybody in the pro in the pro men's side really get stuck there i saw like a foot drag and a restart but you know i so what's your opinion do you think um do you think it should be harder easier should we switch to uh lanes where the pros have to do a different lane or should we um do something like they did on uh force five lcd which there was the Lachey lane and then there was like the sideways traverse lane that was longer. Yeah. I, I mean, we're going last. I think the pros go last in the three K, you know, I, I know it would be a little extra time because we were waiting, you know, there's still people on the course from earlier sessions, but whether it's a different lane or just switch out a couple of the holds where, you know, it goes from a ring to a nunchuck or a bungee cord. It, it's, I, I think that's, you know, if it's the world championships then you probably, you probably should have some of the pros failing or at least struggling. I know when it was in Canada a few years ago, they had a couple of, of items that gave pros trouble. They had that like up and down samurai one uh, that caught me up one year. They had some of the rigs that took out some of the top pros when it was raining. I, I think, I think you have to have that. Mm. I know it's a frustration for me where, you know, I think of a Spartan race and, you know, the, the top 20, the only obstacles you, the only obstacle you failed was spear throw. I mean, that's, that's normal. Yeah. So yeah. You I, know, the, the rain, the rain, when it rains, it, the, the field changes and the obstacles get trickier. So I, you know, yeah. me going into OCRWC weekend, I'm always hoping for rain. Cause I think I'm, I think I'll be able to pass obstacles and other people won't. Um, that being said, I think the field is also getting better across the board, right? Like you look at the rig that caused devastation at 2014 and you put it on the course and no one would even talk about it. It wouldn't like, right. it just, it would just be a non-issue. Um, and then, you know, if you separate the pros and the age groups, then the band is not necessarily indicative of the same thing. Right. Um, but perhaps that's fine because they're pros. I don't know. You know, I think there's, I think there's an argument to be made either way. Where, I think it's you know, if you signed up for pro, you asked for it. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, like, and, and it's not, it's not without historical precedence. You know, they've made the pros do, you know, double um, the shopping bag carries some years and they've made the age groups only do one. Yeah. So. I, I mean, there's a reason, I mean, just you look at someone like Kempson and Newell. Um, I'm trying to think that, first time I saw him race this was past weekend with that Igor guy from Russia. I mean, they, 
they breezed some of that stuff and you got to make sure it's, it's tough and it's challenging from them. I think you look at some of the stuff that Savage Race has been doing with their rigs to make it challenging for the elites. And, and those are the types of ideas that you should see at OCRWC. I know sometimes it'll hurt somebody's feelings because they want to do the same course that the pros do, then qualify for pro status. That's true. Yeah, you can qualify uh, for you know, pro status. That's true. You can qualify for pro status. And that's not, you know, elitist. I get my butt handed to me by some of those guys. But I'm sort of in this weird gray area where, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, you know, I mid-pack. I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of here until I'm not. Um, you know, when I stop qualifying for it, then I'll switch over to age group. But for now, you know, they need someone in the middle of the pack. They need someone in the back of the pack. And if the course is flat or the obstacles get get tough, you know, maybe I can catch a flyer and, and beat some of the people that are going to beat me most days. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always torn when it comes to OCR World Championships, what, what I sign up for. I did age group this year. Um, and when I walked into the starting corral, someone's like, what are you doing here? Why aren't you in a pro? It's like, well, there's only 3K and it's a mountain course. So like, I don't know. And I'm like 39. So um, it's always, I don't know. I never really know which, which one I should sign up for. Because obviously I qualify for pro multiple times over. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, my, my specialty is ultra endurance and 3K mountain is not my specialty. So, right. um, you know, I, I ended up coming in fifth. Uh, no, sixth. I came up sixth for the... 30 to 39 uh, age group for the 3k for my age group. So, I mean, I that know. tells me, you know, you're probably in the, the right spot. If, if it was a 24 hour race there and I saw you in age group, Oh no, um, I'd no, kick no. your legs out myself. Yeah, no, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. That's, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> like I don't even want, I mean, you know, like I, I I'm shooting for overall at those and you know, I don't, not that I, yeah. not that I'm not grateful if I get everyone an age group award, but like, that's not what I'm trying for you know right and that's how most people are in the you know I, I think as they're picking their division it's you know where, where am i competitive you know if you're sandbagging just to romp on somebody that's yeah but you know for me in my mid-30s i'm i'm like okay i'm on the downhill side with father time but it, you know in the same breath you know like i i feel like age group really starts like at 40 where yeah. I could you know, you're, you're in your mid-30s, you're definitely at a disadvantage, especially, you know, you're a little bit older, you, you, you might have a kid or kids, and I can tell you that's going to affect your training. <laughs> um, that's, that's something I've learned the past few years. But, you know, you get to 40 and, like, there's just enough of a, a drop-off that comes with age where unless you're, unless you're like, you know, Meb running marathons like it's you know it's time it's yeah. time to start leveling the playing field based on age but before that you know you see it's like you know i i won the 25 to 29 division i'm like great you should be in pro <laughs> like that's not that's not an age group to me um it's more of like a, a classification like hey i'm i'm getting into this you know i'm in the peak of my athletic prime and you know, I'm, I'm newer to this, so I, you know, I should be working towards pro. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Favorite obstacle from the three K. It's urban sky all weekend. Oh, really? I love that one. Oh, I think that's the best. 
See, I like the original Urban Sky from a couple of years ago. That was like multiple sections, and it had like the corkscrew in there and some other kind of wonky stuff. Um, this one, you know, it was, it was good. Uh, my favorite was definitely Ricochet. Uh, so for, for those who are not who aren't tracking, Urban Sky essentially is like two D uh, D shaped sideways kind of like bars that tilt as you move across them, and then a couple of wheels that you traverse, um, kind of hanging wheels, right? And then Ricochet was essentially rings that zigzagged so as you traverse the rings when you got to like a corner you had to essentially kick off a wall or put both feet on the wall and then kind of change direction uh, which i just thought was a really unique obstacle and uh pretty fun to go through i liked urban sky i liked the one a few years ago too i think um i'm biased towards that towards this year because i was tall and i could skip the first half circle thing Oh, and nice. I would, just, I would just lay out and jump and I would catch it. And that gave me the momentum to just fly through the, the middle section. And I think the other other fun one I had in the, the 15K, and we can get to that, was the you could either go sideways on the S shape or you could lache across. And it turns out lache across wasn't that much faster because the people next to me just went around and I had the shade and it was like the same time, but it's always fun to lache. Yeah. So that was, that was the force five LCD. So you could, it was like, I think it was four or five foot laches, or, um, you could essentially do go across like the side of it. So like you're essentially making like Jared said, an S right. So you're, you're going down one bar up across, up across. And I, so we got to that. It was like on the first uphill or maybe it was the second uphill of the 15 K and I lached solely. <laughs> Like solely to prove a point, I was like, you know, like I want harder obstacles. This is so I'm gonna lache across it. And uh, like you said, it. I think I gained about, you know, three maybe five seconds over the guys I was running with. Um, but I probably burned more energy, so I'm not even sure it was the best move. <laughs> but I had more fun. I'll tell you. I'll yes. tell you that. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into the 15k. So 15k again. You're running up the mountain multiple times and um it felt like a spartan race yeah that was my most disappointing thing to say and i hate to say it but it it wasn't the ops i mean the obstacles were still cool i mean we've already said like you know we're nitpicking i think i'm doing a little more than nitpicking on this one and it might be some of the restrictions stratton mountain put in place because you don't know what they're constraints the race directors and course designers are dealing with the obstacles themselves are they're cool i mean it's ocr worlds they put some cool stuff out there the the trail was unimaginative you ran straight up and you'd come straight down it was on the main ski slopes and you you weren't in the woods i know they have mountain bike trails there maybe they're not allowed to use them maybe they're not allowed to make their own trails but um you never saw single track mm. and you know, to, to compliment Spartan, you know, that's something I've seen more from them this year doing races. I've always done where instead of just bombing straight back down the ski slope, you end up in like a, you know, a, a flowy technical downhill section. And I think that's just way more fun. And that's just another skill to test. And they did it at blue mountain in Canada when OCR worlds was there. I remember coming down some of the mountain bike trails and that's just, that's a more enjoyable experiment experience. And I, I think it's a better course design and layout. So 
again and again, we just went straight up and straight down. And, and then the back half of the course, it was like, it was almost like they ran out of obstacles. Like you got to the hoist and it was like 10 feet tall and you got to this little zigzag piece of wood on the ground. There's no volunteer there. And you're like, is this an obstacle? Mm, so yeah. it, there was just a couple of those where in my head, I was like, okay, pandemic year. Um, you know, they, they put on the best event of the, the season still. You know, any brand best event of the season. So, you know, you're you're again nitpicking, but it's having been to some of their championships in the in the past, you got to that and you're like, oh, because if they're gonna have a hoist, you're expecting it to be like, I gotta lift this up a skyscraper. And and it wasn't. Yeah. I know the um the twist on life obstacle, it was the initial weight they had it was significantly heavier. It was like twice as heavy. Um, because if, if anyone went to the Battle of the Lions tent in the festival era, the, that was the initial weight, which was like a 50-pound wreck bag. And it was <laughs> painful. Like it would have it would have broken some people off. I think some people would have given up bands at uh at Twist on Life. It was so heavy. Uh so they I know they loosened it, they uh, lightened it for the actual race. And I think it to avoid uh causing some backups there. But <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed a lot of the some of the obstacles were super unique, like Skull Valley this year was, you know, interesting. It was normally there's like big sections of skulls and it was only like two at a time. And then you go to like a rig hole and then back to two at a time. Um, I was, I, you I know. You skip them. Yeah. You, you just oh, ring you to ring to ring. Yeah. Ah, okay. I, so I skipped. Long arms. Yeah. I, I didn't, I skipped like one of the skulls on each one. And on the, the one with the nunchuck, I skipped the nunchuck. I, I went skull to skull. So you can see my teammate do it in 3k, but that's what we have been talking about mm. of, of, Hey, if you get moving on this, you can, you can swing past these. Yeah. Which I, I think another brings up another good point. Like if I was going to race the 15k, I think I honestly, I would still sign up for the 3k and walk it. And like, like if, if 15k was like my hundred percent, my primary goal, I would think I would still sign up for the 3k just for a chance to touch the obstacles once, because I felt uh, smoother on the second day, despite the fact that, you know, um, I was tired from the first day. So, yeah. I mean, if they want to make more money, they should, they should have a practice. You know, there's (laughs) no, no reason you shouldn't be able to practice. I think of, you know, I come from a motocross background and, you know, there, there's timed practice sessions, there's free practice sessions. And it just, it gets you, it gives you a chance to go out and to see it and sometimes oh, to try new lines. You'll, you'll see guys come up with lines in practice that no one's thought of, um, you know, when they were building the track and making the jumps. And now all of a sudden someone did it in practice and everybody goes, man, I saw this guy do this and now I got to do it. So I, I would just been excited to see, see what people would have come up with, you know, if mm. Kempson and Kofed are able to, to just play on the obstacles a little bit the day before, not, not enough to like blow your arms out, but enough to be like, you know, I wonder if I could jump to that. Yeah. I wonder if I can list Jay here and you lose something. You don't get to, to practice on that. And from an organization standpoint, they, you know, that's probably money that's not going in their pocket because people would pay to practice. Yeah, that's true. You know, just, so, I mean, just say, I, I want to touch, I want to touch the obstacles. And here's my practice band. I paid for this. I'm going to stand out here. I'm going to look at it. I'm, you know, what's this hold feel like? I don't like that one. Maybe I can skip it. I think that would be 
that would be big. And I think it makes it feel more official. You know, OCR in general has moved away from this is a surprise obstacle. So, you know, we're already past that, you know, let people practice. And I think you'll end up with a better result on event day. So uh, that's not without precedence in the sport because world's toughest mother now does a hot lap typically on Friday. So if you wanted to, since you go on the course on Friday and, you know, run through it once, they let you do that. Um, so and you're doing 10 to 20 laps. So you're going to figure it out anyways. It's like, yeah. hey, <laughs> just I, in case you want, you want your first lap to be extra squeaky clean. Now, do you go ahead and take that hot lap or are you hell confident no. enough? Hell no. No, you're going to see those see, obstacles a hundred times, man. Like that, that is not needed. Um, yeah. That's, but for a 3K. For a 3K is a different story. I, I, that's a very different story. Yeah. yeah. The world's toughest. Uh, that's, you know, I, I warm up for every race I do, you know. I'm running a 5k. I'm usually running a 5k before at least, um, you go to world's toughest, like you warm it up. You're like, yeah, my first two laps. Exactly. I, I lay on my back until as late as possible. And then I go sit in the corral and then I stand and I up. Lay like down as, there. Yeah, I stand, I stand up basically as soon as they, they make me stand up to, to start the race. Like you'll, you'll see me at world's toughest sitting down in the corral. You'll see me at toughest I, doing the same thing. Cause I think there's a picture of me in New Jersey um, my dad was sitting there and I was laying down with my feet up in the air on him just so I could have my legs elevated you know, yeah. be up for a little bit longer. Cause he's like, whatever. I'm, he's like, you're going to go further than me. <laughs> so, so he was like my stool. You know, you mentioned finding new lines um, for motocross. So before the 15 K one of my friends, Chris is volunteering at Canyon. And, and he was like, I came over just to like BS with him and him and one of the other volunteers are talking about, how few, how how few moves you can do canyon in this is the redesigned one so it's raised up slightly slightly lower angle the bell is one thing shorter and uh mm-hmm. he's like yeah i can do it in two moves and i was like really and he's like yeah watch this so i watch him do the obstacle in two moves he's like i grab the third ring i swing under and grab the essentially the ring uh on the opposite side um mm-hmm. and then i swing up and hit the bell so during the fifth key 15k I'm, i've been chasing the same guy for almost the entire race i think it was, it was brian and uh, we get to Canyon at the same, like he's maybe, you know, five feet ahead of me. And I do Canyon in two moves, third ring, fifth ring, I'm sorry, third ring, sixth ring bell. And I just take off and I guess he, he made it across, I think, and then cramped. Um, so he ended up falling a couple of places, but like that was the moment I moved up a, uh, a spot because I had done a recon beforehand and because I'd watched uh, kind of the volunteers play around on it. Obviously I didn't touch it beforehand besides the 3k day. But yeah. And when someone does that to you in a race, um, you know, put yourself in his shoes. Someone goes by you like that and they just look so smooth and proficient at an obstacle and it's for, and they pass you for place. Just there's that little part of you in your head that goes, I can let him go. Yeah. Like that, that guy's fresh. So not only <laughs> did you do the obstacle fast, there's a little bit of um, psychological gamesmanship that goes on there. Oh, I know 100%. my college coach. And this was a, I'll tell you this story in the, in the team relay one, but my coach in college was a huge proponent of, he was like, if you're going to pass on passing with authority, he's like, first of all, you should know your body where if you're passing them, it should be a move where they're not going to pass you back. Yeah. But if you're not sure and you're trying to play that game, maybe to break them because you don't know how much you have left. He's like, it's like passing like this is the easiest day of your life. And they're, yeah. they're going to question everything. They're like, does he really feel that good? 
so yeah when i when i as when i got across the the rig ahead of him uh, the canyon ahead of him I, I mean i turned it on right like i uh there wasn't much left in the race but i was like this is this is my this is my moment and i i just laid it all down as hard as i could it was like as soon as i as soon as like he loses sight of me i was like you know i think I, it's a lot harder to chase someone when you can't see them anymore so um, oh yeah you I, break I, sight on them gone I do the same thing at, you know, if you've read my book, Ultra OCR Man, or I think I may reference it in the Mudrun Guide's Ultra OCR Bible, I do the same thing in, you know, endurance races, right? Like, when I pass someone who I know has been ahead of me, I think I'm always like, yeah, I'm feeling great, you know? <laughs> Even if I feel like absolutely terrible, I'm always like, yeah, no problem. Or, uh, you know, I've been at endurance races that are smaller, and, um, you know, I had someone's uh, girlfriend be like, oh, Evan, how many more laps you can do? I'm like, yeah, I think I could squeeze in, like, three more before we run out of time and i in my head i was like i'm doing one more and then i'm, I'm absolutely giving up um but i wanted to send the message that i was going to do three more so the guy in second would be like yeah i'm not chasing that <laughs> so right yeah Tara corbett did that to somebody this year at the 12 hour fit challenge did she where yeah. she this person in second probably has no chance of even getting one more lap but she comes through the line with a pretty decent lead and ends up doing half a lap in time in time. So as they're finishing their, their lap and deciding, should I start one? Cause they had like five minutes, they could start one more. She was like halfway through the course, like jogging across. So they, they knew she had half a lap on her and the person, you know, was like, I'm done. And they turned it in. <laughs> Sarah's like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. But you know, if but if she's sitting in the pits, all of a sudden they they would have gone, look, if I do this lap, I win. Yeah. You know, so instead instead she was like, I'm gonna do the extra work to, you know, make them look over and go, Nope, she's got it. And they did. Nice. She and she's a monster too. So she's she's the type of person that, you know, if regular life she's the nicest person, but if you're competing and she has a chance to win, it's foot to throat. Nice, and she's also an elite contender for World's Toughest Mudder. So if, uh, that, if you're not elite contender not, this year, yeah, if you're not tracking that list came out, it's really short. There's about uh, I don't know nine women on there and about fourteen men. So it's a it's a really short elite contender list. I was surprised at how picky they were, but uh, yeah, should be an interesting race. So watch for her at World's. She's Toughest really Mudder. excited. She hasn't done a twenty four hour race before but she's always done well at the 12 hours with, you know, energy at the end. So you never know, you know, yep. jump in 24 hours. The first time you do it, I mean, that's a, it's a totally different ball game, but she's put in so much work this year, just like everybody else who's on that elite contender list. I, I think she'll be competitive and, you know, she'll, she'll at least be in the, the back pocket of the leaders, you know, if not with that lead group pushing laps. Nice. I'm excited to see while I'm running uh, next to her on the course. Yeah. So what do you, 15K, do you think the pass rate was higher or lower than the 3K for obstacles? Higher. Was it higher? No, it was lower. It was lower. Yeah. So 54% uh, completion rate for the 15K, which I was surprised with, uh, again, because – you know, with the 3K, a lot of the obstacles were back-to-back, -back, the upper body obstacles. For the 15K, like, 
you did an upper body obstacle, and then a lot of times you'd run up a section of the mountain or you do like a, a different portion. So to me, I had my arms felt like they had time, more time to rest uh, between yeah. upper body obstacles. I think some people probably got timed out on the 15K. Um, and I know mm. some people got stuck at, um, they got stuck at Ricochet that didn't get stuck there the day before. So oh, maybe just that, that cumulative effect on them. And that's, that's just anecdotal because I know, you know, we all have our friends that ran it too. Yeah. You know, people, people came, came over to talk to me after that race and their hands look like hamburger meat because they had tried Ricochet so many times and their blisters popped and then their blisters, blisters popped. Right. And you know if you're going to get stuck that's just such a hard one to get stuck on but once your hands tear it's going to be tough to make yeah so i mean you know looking at these completion rates 64 percent for the 3k 54 percent for the 15k you know like before the race or before seeing those statistics i would say i would you know in evan's opinion because of the group of people i hang out with and you know i'm hanging out with people who do battle the lines and conquer the gauntlet and you're hanging out with people who do new sanity like my initial reaction was like I thought it was. I thought it could have been a lot harder, um, but the completion rates uh, tend to paint a different picture to me, right? Like, I think that's lower than what they uh, in gen- generally wanted for those uh, completion rates, right? Because you know, obviously they want to hold a world championship and they want it to be legitimate, but it's also a business, right? So if there's people are getting uh, their feelings hurt and they're not coming back, you know that you know then there may not be a world championships if you don't uh, if you yeah. chase away all your business. So. No, I, I think that's that's a good completion rate. Um, you know, it, and like you said, maybe you want the completion rate to be a little bit higher. I think it's not always about making people fail. It's how do you create an obstacle where if you, if you have elite fitness or elite obstacle proficiency, you're faster. You're, you're faster to a point where it balances out for mm. you know, some other part of the course, you know, you're making up 10 seconds on an obstacle, like, okay, well, maybe you don't have to run as fast. And I think they had some obstacles on the course where, where you could do that. Um, as, as we're talking about with like pendulum, where you could kind of launch into a, where Kempson made that pass. You've seen the video. You jump to a second. So you run, I think it was for the lead. So where you run and you jump, you skip the first ring because, because with how it's set up, you got to take at least a pump. Right. Well, he skips the first ring, jumps the second, and goes right to the bar. He's probably through that obstacle in three, four seconds. Yeah. And nice. As a tall person, that's what I was able to do. And I'm generally pretty good at obstacles. But, you know, that's an obstacle that's not impossible for people to do. People probably aren't losing their bands left and right on it. But even in the pro wave, boom, you know, we just had a, a significant race move because of how the obstacle was set up. Mm. So it's not always about making people fail. It's, it's how are you rewarding people that are very proficient with I like obstacles it. to be able to do it fast. I like it. I think that's a really good uh, opinion to have on, on obstacles. So on the pendulum, I, because I saw David Mainprise demonstrate it on the video on the Facebook uh, OCR athletes group, I jumped to the second ring. And as I'm going to the second ring, I'm like, that's really far. <laughs> so actually, as I passed the first ring, I kind of gave it like a, like it was like right in front of my face and I kind of pulled on it a little bit just, just in case I completely whiffed on the uh, second ring. And, uh, so I, now I moved across that one pretty smoothly on day one. On day two, I was tired and I got to there and I was like, I'm not jumping to the second ring because I don't think I can make it at this point after running up and down the mountain. 
And then they also had on the 15K, they had the uh, primes, they were calling it. So there's a, you know, ranking for, you know, first one up the mountain, you know, at the, it's kind of like 60% of the way through the race, you kind of climb from base to top. They had a descending award, uh, timing chip. And then essentially they had a wreck bag, wreck bag carry. So they had three different uh, primes that you could essentially win. Did you look at your results for that, Jared? I didn't. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, if, if anyone hasn't seen it, you know, go to your results page and click on your name and then it'll show you the breakdown. So, you know, I came in. I thought fifth. it was a cool idea though. Yeah, I thought it was super cool. So I came in fifth for the 15K in my age group, and my primes were like, I think my primes were like fourth through sixth. So it was, it was, it was right. It was pretty accurate to like, I guess the pace I was moving. So, um, but I think that's cool. You know, that reminds me of cycling where they have the sprinter's bib and the climber's bib. And I think that's a cool, uh, cool thing to have. I would love to see more of that, you know, whether it's in OCR World Championships or even other brands that rewards people who are doing something, uh, remarkably well that may not be able to, you know, win the overall. Yeah, that was, yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool idea. Um, of course it was like the never ending climb, but so um, big, but, but if you're going to reward someone for climbing, that's where, that's the, that's the place to do it. Um, that was all mountain. So that was, that was cool. So, so one of the guys I was running with said it took us, and I didn't check my watch. He said it took us 36 minutes to get from base to top, um, which I can probably check on the on the thing. But that is that is 25 percent of my race. So, like 25 percent of my race was this one climb going from the base of the mountain to the top of just like you know death marching up the hill. So, uh, hmm. kind of rough. There. I'll give you. So apparently, I just as we're talking, I decided to go look at my primes and I was trying to see how I read this. So I was 17th on the the climb, which, you know, I'm going to get wrecked on some climbs. I'm a bigger guy. Mm. Um, And and, oh my gosh, they're so fast. And Peregrine, I was. That's the descent. Yeah. People king of the mountain finished Peregrine start. So I was like 12th or 13th. And then for wreck bag, I was sixth. So mm. that feels about right where I'm, I'm and up there for wreck bag and down for climbing. And what was your overall and finish? 13th. Okay. So yeah, it's, I mean, that's again, kind of right in the middle of where those three numbers are. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, it makes sense. Um, I'm so gassed by the time I get to the wreck bag on the 15k i'm like this is going to be rough where in the on the team relay day you know but you start with the wreck bag carry and you know it's only a 2k so you know i'm going you know that's you know that that's where we're rolling you can kind of see your splits in the team relay and i fared a (laughs) fared a lot better than that i gotta look at my splits for the uh, team relay I, i like that so you can compare yourself to other strength legs right if you actually pull yes. up the data. Yeah, so then there was obviously the team relay on Sunday. Um, you ran COED with Jareen and Ryan Brazilara, and you guys won, right? So world champions, no big deal. World champ- no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> the completion well, rate. After- sorry, the completion rate was 61% for teams at the uh, – so go, go ahead. What were you going to say? 
I was going to say they were, you know, someone popped us quick for an interview and they're like, who are your sponsors? Cause they had just talked to the Denmark team and they're like, Oh, innovate and Red Bull. And I was like, um, Follins lumber and Plano physical therapy <laughs> plugging some, some local companies that have really helped us out. But at the same time, like if, unless you're coming to Binghamton, that's probably, it's probably yeah. not their target market. <laughs> it was just kind of funny where it was like, I was like, Oh, innovate shoes about you. And you're like, uh, the, like, the physical gonna, therapy office we go to where we when we hurt ourselves like, yeah i'm gonna go out of my way things with the physical therapist and that that's your physical therapist that's a friend is that the same one that you were telling me yeah about? It, it's like full circle physical therapy he comes up with a bad idea we hurt ourselves doing it we go to his office <laughs> i love it love it. riding dirt bikes and water skiing and mountain biking and if if you haven't gotten hurt hanging out with Matt Plano, you're really not friends with him. <laughs> so tell me about your team, right? Did you going in, were you like, I think we can win this all? Like what, what was your, what was your kind of your goals going into the co-ed uh, uh, pro? Podium. podium. I thought we could podium. And I thought, you know, I'd be happy with top five, but I was like, man, if we could podium, that would be really cool. Once, once I knew the, once I knew the field, I was even more like, okay, podium. I'd be happy with podium. Jareen's a stud. Ryan's, I mean, he, he's, he's the anchor of the team. I mean, he's, he's the young gun. He's new, and he's fast. We were, last year, the two of us were running together pretty close, and this year he's just, he's, his fitness has improved. And his experience has improved. I beat him at a couple of races early this year where he was way fitter than me. But, you know, it was one of the first few OCR races he had ever done. So, you know, he just made some of those rookie mistakes. And now he's not making those. He's fast. I'd say he's not making those. He actually, he got caught up on stitch during the 3K and still finished ninth. Um, but he was, he did it five times. What? That's insane for a 3K and still finishing that high? That's literally insane. Yeah. It, it, it shouldn't be it possible. Makes, yeah, it makes more sense the next when you see that he ran the fastest technical leg segment of the day by like 40 seconds. So he put 40 seconds into Leon on the technical segment. He ran it in 12-12. <laughs> insane. So I don't I know what... I first, I first I mean, met Ryan when we did OC America too, and we came to your property, and he helped pace me uh, on both days. And um, I remember talking to you when we were up there, and you're like, "This kid's gonna be huge! Like, like we're about to make some waves in the sport." And then obviously 2021 got shut down, <laughs> so there was no waves. Um, no waves. 2021, yeah, he has been. Yeah, I mean, he won a Savage, right? I mean, he two of them. Two oh, two Savages, and uh, yeah, it's been killing it, right? And I know. He's not just fast, right? Because if he trains with you, I know what you're doing for optical proficiency. Yeah. So he's going to get very good as far as optical proficiency. He's he's better than me on the obstacles, hands down. Stitch oh, wow. was just, he didn't know how to do it. He started in, the I think, the third wave, maybe, or second wave. And he was so far out in front of everybody in his wave that he got there and you know, the volunteers kind of explaining it, but he's never seen it before. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just, he didn't know what he was doing. So 
he eventually someone else got there he saw him do it and then he did it <laughs> like that that's that's what happened and i was like oh i felt bad as someone who's trained in that yeah because we talk about all the obstacles but it never occurred to me that he'd run into an issue with it because you know his grip strength is so strong but it was just a a technique thing and you know 15k he he breezed it first try and it's just one of those things where it happens but you know he's super fast jureen ran the leg of her life that carry at the top of the speed section helped her out on she's you know she's obviously fast but her strength is her her biggest attribute that helps her out and she was able to to stay within a minute of ida from denmark and that put us in the race Hmm. so she brought it down the hill in fifth place and you know, she, she was running with girls that had podium the day before in the 15K and had beaten her by a significant amount of time in the 15K. And she just, we always joke around like Jareen has two levels. She has regular Jareen and she has angry Jareen. And she went angry Jareen and just did a suicidal downhill <laughs> segment to get to the handoff zone, catch back up and hand it off with us in position. And then I was able to, I was able to run the strength leg, I think I did it in like 1850. So it was showing as the fastest, but really anybody who saw the, the coverage knows Ian ran it faster. He just ran off course because the volunteers sent him off course. Mm. So, you know, if he, he doesn't go off course, he probably has the fastest leg. But, um, you know, I, I still put down a time that caught us, caught us up and put us into it. And then we gave it to Ryan and, and he takes off. And everybody's waiting at the last handoff zone for Leon to come over the hill. Just, I mean, because he's Leon. And even coming back from an injury, you know he's going to be fast. So everybody's waiting for him. And then Ryan pops up over the hill. And I'm like, told you so. <laughs> we, 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 we jump out and finish it. I was so excited. I mean, I, obviously, I, I know you guys from, from before. So I'm always, it's always better when you, you see your friends do well at races. So it was awesome. And uh, I knew when... Once they once you, they hand they did the handoff, I was like, oh, they're they're gone. No one's catching them because uh, they're not going to have any issues in this last little segment. And the three of them are fast. So let's talk about the a little bit about the future, right? Like, future how much starts. How much potential does Ryan have, right? Like, is is Ryan going to be top three Spartan World Championships? Like, what what um, like where where do you see his potential taking him? And I, I know for anyone who wants to hear directly from Ryan, he was on the Obstacle Running Adventures podcast. Uh, so you can go back and listen to uh, his episode if you want to hear directly from him. But go ahead. Let me, let me hear Jared's opinion. I think you don't know is, is the answer. You know, I, I'd love to go out and say, like, he's, he's going to be the next Ryan Atkins and be atop the Ryan power rankings. But, you know, right now he's in that, like, elite slash sub-elite transition zone. And he's – made such big strides in the last year and a half and he has this underlying speed he was a he was a very good runner when he was younger and before ocr so he has that background where you know maybe he he does take that next step i kind of think he's already he's already there where you know you put him in a race with the big dogs and you know he's he might not be winning but he's in their back pocket or he's he's fighting for a top 10 but to get to that next level of a Ryan Atkins or a Ryan Kempson, it's, we don't know. He needs to work on his mountain climbing ability. 
and that's that's something where we have hills around here but we don't have the mountains so we've talked about that as part of his training over the next year and he he was a personal trainer so anybody that's looking for training he does training too so he has a good idea of what his um you know what, the areas he needs to work on and it'll be interesting to see with an off an actual race season he got to have this year and we have an off season coming up what changes he makes nice so and we and i'm trying to get people to run with so um i know people aren't usually so focused on the age group race at a local spartan but there's the spartan tri-state this weekend in vernon new jersey and we have a guy running age group because you have to go through the qualification status to run elite for spartan but um he's elite yeah absolutely. <laughs> he's he's, a, he's elite level and I mean, you don't finish top ten in the pro wave uh, at OCBC, oh, and you're. Oh no, that, this isn't Ryan. This is this oh. is a new guy. Oh, new one. Got a new... New... Okay. I have I have a, a training partner for Ryan because he's too fast for me now. So <laughs> he's, um, he's quick, and he was like, "Well, you know, what are my goals?" And I was like, "Well, depending on how many obstacles you fail, because you will, you'll fail some, and we're working on that." I was like, "You," I was like, "Your goal's a top ten time for the weekend, from." You know, I want Spartan to rethink their elite qualification rules every time one of my new people starts. So it was Ryan last year where he, he broke the age group system, and hopefully it's it's Matt Gill this weekend. All right. So All right, that's so same question that, but focused on Jereen. Right, because she finished top it, 10 it, both days, is that right, for 3K and 15? No. I, I think she was just out of it for the 3K. Okay. Yeah, but it. I think with Jereen, it, it comes down to running. She has the strength for for you know to compete with any of those women. Obstacle proficiency, she can compete with any of them. I think it comes down to running and um, sometimes injuries. I think injuries catch up to her when she starts putting in big training blocks, and um, you know that's that's what she's working on, trying to work through how do you increase the volume and still maintain that level of strength. And, and she, yeah, and she, we've been, and then our other secret this year is we started working with Brandon Hudgens. So he is, he's one of my college running buddies. I think he has a mile PR of 354. So he's got some wheels and he's been working with Ryan and Sarah and Jereen to, to just to focus on the running side of it. You know, they all know what they're doing, but it helps to have that person that you can talk to and you can trust from a coaching standpoint to just bounce ideas off of and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. What do you think? Um, you know, I was going to do this workout. What do you think? Or him providing workouts for them to do and then talking about it and, and understanding the why behind it. He's just, I think he's really helped them, you know, turn it up a click or two on the running. And that's such an important part. Yeah, absolutely. Like like I've said before about your running group there, I think Noob Sanity is the best like running group in the OCR running group in the country. Not only because like we were talking about some of the elite levels, but right, you have people from all age groups and all uh, ability levels. So it was just a really fun community. And uh, I definitely <laughs> want to make it back up there for one of your actual races instead of just me coming up and multi-lapping your courses when I feel absolutely terrible. Well, our mud gauntlet. I think it's on May 14th this year. So we normally do a single lap one and you'll have some 
people absolutely flying for that. But in the past, we've done a four hour that goes with it. And that's fun. And I, I think that's, you know, helps make it worthwhile for someone to travel regionally yeah. for it. But one of the things that I've always thought is cool, they do in trail racing. And we're going to try it this year. We're going to try like a last man standing afterwards. So that has your name written all over it. <laughs> nice. Nice. We'll start putting that in your head, like an OCR last man standing. So there'll be a class where the obstacles are a little bit tougher and you got to make around the course, you know, within an hour, 30 minutes, whatever it is to start your next lap. Mm. And it'll be a short and abbreviated lap, but there'll be obstacles. So you got to complete those two as part of your lap or you're done. And then there'll be an open class where you're just going and, you know, there's some sort of penalties system for if you can't do an obstacle, but you know, for the, for the Evans of the world, it'll be, it'll be tough. Nice. And if those are not tracking this Binghamton, New York uh, is where Jared's property is. So uh, yes. what, what else, any other, anything else you got planned for late 2021 or 2022 at New Sanity? Um, early 2022, we're doing, night ops so it's essentially a night obstacle course race that ends with a polar bear plunge next to a bonfire so we did it last year for the first time and it was awesome and we had to chainsaw the ice to be able to get through it and it, it, it was just it was one of those things where it's an obstacle race and it's competitive and it's all the things you want in an obstacle course race but you, you just get that fun factor of like hey and you know why does it end with a polar bear plunge like you're basically diving over a wall into the water and that's when your time stops <laughs> for no reason and you don't have sanity that's why that's I was, why i was like i was like people are like why and i was like i don't seem like a good idea <laughs> <laughs> oh so, my goodness so everybody good. was giving me a hard time because i didn't i didn't do the race because i was race directing race right there, and right. i was just like they're like you didn't even jump in i was like i know i was like well i gotta grab grab something from my house so i drove down basically like put on my bathing suit, ran a quarter mile up the hill and everybody's standing around the bonfire and they just see me go running past in a bathing suit and just, I toss a towel to someone and I was like, Hey, I, mean, I might need this later. And I dive over the wall. Of course, no one had been in it for like 30 minutes. So the water had started to freeze over again and that hurt. <laughs> you know, I still went through, but it's those little shards of glass, like the, like the first year at world's toughest mutter. Yeah. When the obstacle started freezing over. So that was fun. We have that coming up. Um, we're, we're just trying to do things that make it more like a team. We have a pavilion with a, with a rock climbing bouldering wall in it now. I think that's really good for training and the pavilion's really good for, for hanging out and doing team things. And then as a team, we're going to be down at Savage Race, Florida to open up our year on January 22nd. And my goal is to get like 30 or 40 people down from Noob Sandy to Savage Race. Just it'll be a fun Florida vacation. But also, I think right now, Savage has been killing it, putting on awesome races. And um, it'll just be fun to show up with a Noob Sandy team there because we show up when they're in Pennsylvania and when they're in New York. But for them to be down in Florida and for us to show up, I think that'll turn some heads, especially with some of the, the new people that we've been we've been working with yeah and then finally we we were at ocr world champions i can't remember who i was talking to someone's like who are those dudes in red and i was like you don't know what i'm saying come on (laughs) i can't remember who said it but they were like you were flying past people and i was like oh yeah they've been around they do good things you should check them out i think i think people are starting to hear of us more and more and 
you know, it's just one of those things that takes time. Everybody has, has a place they train, you know, yeah. there's always, you know, I, I think local teams, local gyms are, are the next step. And I think, I think we're seeing more of them in OCR right now. And I think we'll continue to see more of them as, as some of the bigger race brands step away from, you know, supporting pro teams. Um, you look at how, how people are going to be supported and the biggest people are always going to have big name sponsors, but I think it's local and regionally, um, you know, with, with groups, you know, like a noob Sandy, we have, we have another one just probably three or four hours away from us, OCR Wonderland that started up. They've been doing some cool stuff and it's a model that, that works. Um, you know, you can, you can have obstacles, you can train on them, you can get new people into the sport. It's doing all the things that, you know, we need for the sport and it's not a threat to the major brands. Yeah. We're not, we're not trying to start a race on their weekend. We're trying to go to their race. So, you know, you look at what Spartan's doing this year. Like if you've signed up for Spartan, there's all these things where that's like teams and like team badges and whatever it is. Like they're going in on, on teams. And I think they understand like local OCR clubs are going to continue to drive attendance at events. You need the masses of people to show up, but you need people locally that are excited and are talking about it and are signed up and you can count on to get there. And then the more people you have like that, they're going to tell their friends. And, and that's how you get people to keep coming back to OCR races. Cause we we've been through the boom, you know, that was five, six years ago where just people had to try it for the first time and then they, they were done. So mm -hmm. your market now is people that are doing it consistently and how do you do it consistently? You train with a group of people and you have fun on a week to week basis and you make these major brands like Spartan and Savage, your goals that you're working towards. And in between that, you're still having fun. You're doing obstacle stuff, but at a local or small scale. Nice. I like it. Uh, before we start um, wrapping things up quick, we, we skipped over the hundred meter um, real quick. Some thoughts on the hundred meter event. I think it's super cool. And I think they, they just missed the boat on, how athletic people are at the pro yes. level yep. by being able to jump that far. And my guess is next year that issue's fixed. I agree. And the issue's probably fixed by something as simple as, you know, where you put the bell so you I can't jump say to that. it. I was going to say you, that. How you start so you can't jump. You know, there's a bar right hip level where you can't go over or under it while sprinting. So now you got to step on it and then you jump into it. Because I like the idea of being able to jump into obstacles but you have to have something that slows you down and breaks it up so you can't jump the whole thing. So I think you'll see some rigs or some challenges strung together. And then I think you'll see, um, yeah, I think, I think you'll see the hundred meter back next year better than ever. And it doesn't mean harder. It just means a better flow. And from a rules perspective, you know, they'll, they'll dial it in where there's, hopefully still the ability to jump and skip things yep but they've set it up in a way where people can't just long jump the course yeah so if, if you missed it essentially the the 100 meter course was, was like an l it was a down and back and uh you know on one side most of the rigs were only one bay there was a couple essentially there was one a couple that were two bays but when the rig is only one base they had a line and the like the top men were literally jumping at the start line 
and touching the bell. So they weren't even doing some of the obstacles. They were just bypassing them completely. So I thought it was well, a lot of fun. Part. Before I, I thought it, before I saw I, people I'm jumping, tall, I, I thought it was a lot I, of fun to do it. But uh, the, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, to inter- I interrupted you. That's never fun for a podcast. But I was, I just going to say the crazy thing before people judge the people that jumped is I'm six four. I finished tenth in the three k, and I jumped most of them, and they still beat me by twelve seconds. So that's crazy. <laughs> it, it was ridiculous, like how smooth they were jumping through stuff and when they did have to grab things they did it perfect so um you know just i've seen some people judging online just know like those guys who are jumping stuff are ridiculous like yeah they, they are ridiculously athletic and skilled and if it wasn't for jumping they still would have won and the, the, <laughs> like the those, guys those are the, the guys who still would have won yeah the guys at the top it wasn't like oh it was just some random dude jumping like it was like VJ and Joe Morovsky from Ninja Warrior, and it was a uh, Benny Gifford who's like known for a short course, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't, com- it wasn't just like a bunch of random dudes jumping past. Like these are guys who were ready at, at the top anyway. So, um, but yeah, definitely need some refinement. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun to just kind of run through. I ran it on Sunday morning, which was my arms were pretty tired. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so I felt like I was less smooth than I could have been. But um, yeah, it was fun to kind of go through and, you know, jump two or three holds in and do a couple moves and hit the bell and, and keep running. I obviously I'm five, six. I cannot jump to the bell. That was a hundred percent not happening. It would have been embarrassing. You should have seen me fall and then like lay on the ground all sad. Like, so. All right. So what else? Um, did, I did think I last thing was, I was just going to say world's toughest prediction. Oh yeah. Give me and, some of your predictions. I, sorry if I'm blowing up blowing up his spot but i think i think josh reed is is a killer i think we'll see him out there he was at tahoe this past weekend and if anybody saw that live stream he dislocated his shoulder and still finished fourth so <laughs> he, like, i put it he, back yeah according to the instagram post from uh the, twice uh, yeah, twice he, he twice. dislocated his shoulder put it back kept running dislocated again put it back again and then finished fourth i believe at Tahoe, yeah, at the North American so Spartan he, Championships. So I think if he can get his shoulder rehabbed and staying in, I think he's dangerous because he just showed he can run with all them. And my understanding is he's been training focused on a twenty-four hour, not you know, not a, a beast length. So right, you know, it, it still carries over. But I think he's in the hunt. I think he he scares some of those people in the front pack this year. Mm. And the wild card is going to be it's going to be his shoulder. Um, you know, cause you know how beat up you get in 24 hours. If your shoulder pops out in a beast, um, you definitely have some chances to do it at world's toughest mutter and their giant gnarly obstacles. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then my, my last, last thing is last year we did a, a joint that with fit challenge and it went awesome. I think people really had a great time with it and, just working, working on some details to try to try to make sure the 2022 version, when we have it, it'll, again, it'll be different than what we did this year. We want to do something different every year. We partner up with Fit Challenge just so people are like, if they missed it, they're like, man, I, I missed that. Like, they, I, I got to go to that. You know, these guys you know, are two of the best independent obstacle course races. So if they're teaming up for something, um, it's going to be one of a kind. And, you know, it's 
it's going to be different every year. So you, you can't miss it. Yeah. I need to put that on my calendar. I've been, I've been trying to get the fit challenge and yours for a while. And I just, uh, hasn't lined up well for me, but yeah, I definitely need to put this on my calendar and like I'm not do as I'm saying, not as I'm currently doing, but you know, don't wait. You know, when, when brands come together like that and put on an event, right? Like they, they look at the numbers, right? So if it's, if the, if don't, don't wait for like another year or two more years for them to do something, right? Cause when they, when you test out a new product, if the numbers aren't there, then you're like, all right, I guess that didn't work. So I'll scrap it. Right. Like whether that's, you know, um, you know, conquer the gauntlets team challenge or uh this new tough motor infinite hero uh honor foundation challenge thing that i'm helping run or it's the new battle of the lines like when they first put out the product like you need to go get it if you want it to be around in another year or two so just a heads up on that i think that's that's everything i had i i have a a secret wish just as a team is we've been trying to get a team bus and how Amazing. cool would that be if we pull it off i just <laughs> I, that's my dream is to roll up to a race and just have everybody pile out of it like did they just show up in a bus so um if i don't do it it's because i'm a lazy bum but my goal is to make that happen in 2022 that'd be um, sweet i just i i think that would be pretty cool my luck is you'll be like where's the new sandy team be like you're bought this broke ass bus and it broke down <laughs> and none of them were able to make it yeah um, i just think when you think about team like we all live and train from the same area like we are the definition of a, a local team we all we all live within 15 20 minutes of each other so um that that's the talent pool we're pulling from so um yeah i know there's you know there's more ocr talent across the country it's about getting people involved and, and i think local local brands will do that but we we suck as much talent from the local area as we can and and try to maximize it and then have the most fun so i think having a boss would just be would just be cool and make it feel even more like a team and um, include everybody from fast to slow because if you're going to an event and you can have the free beer afterwards and not have to drive home that That's that might true. even be a better weekend you, you need to rent the limo for one of them at least <laughs> Because that would be our world's next year. That just would that would be and I. that would be baller just to roll up in a limo, <laughs> and that'd be like who the hell brought the limo? And then you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's me, that's me. <laughs> Going back we're, to it I, after the race. I think we're too far in the country. You'll see us. We'll rent like a like an Amish carriage or something. Mm. We'll just show up and be like, what what is that? And be like, I don't know. That's that's what we had in upstate New York. They do. They do have Hummer limo, so you know you can get one. That'd of those. be cool. It's kind of drive it up the mountain halfway. Like this, is where we're parking. <laughs> Sorry, Joe Decina. <laughs> nice. Well, we're disqualified. Okay. <laughs> At least we got this Hummer limo to drive home in. Well, speaking of that, I gotta I gotta hit the road, heading down to New Jersey for the Beast, and see how that goes this weekend. Probably probably get my butt kicked a little bit running up a mountain again but it should be fun and sounds I'm good for it. all right well thanks for coming on uh if you're listening we do have leg mitts in stock at the teamstrengthspeed.com store so we're actually really low on leg mitt light large but i have all the other ones in stock so uh if you're a large make sure you order asap and um yeah you're gonna need those for telluride or world toughest mutter um and then if you're looking for more content my I was actually interviewed. I was, I'm helping my priest do a podcast 
Uh, it's called Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church Podcast. And um, we did an interview. We talked about some of my military and obstacle course racing, kind of how it relates to faith. So that that's available. Um, if you scroll back through my Facebook feed or you search for it on podcast, you can find that. I was also just interviewed for my job. So my, the military did like a three-minute spot on me, and it's up on my Facebook page now or my Instagram. And they talk about some of the obstacle course racing stuff and kind of like my, my actual day job in the military. So um, that's pretty interesting. Again, they, we reused some of Bobby Ross's footage. So I give a shout out to him again, who's been, I've, I've, if you're looking for someone to hire for uh, footage, I highly recommend Bobby because I've gotten a ton of use out of all of his, uh, his great footage that he shot. And then what else? Um, I got a bunch of articles coming out of mud gear. I got a bunch of articles coming around a mud run guide. So look for both of those. And then I've still got a bunch of articles in the queue at Adventure that I think they're going to release later in 2022. And if you're not following the Mudgear Battle of the Lions Facebook page, make sure you do that. Uh, release technique videos and stuff like that every Tuesday. And then if you didn't see the changeover announcement, right? So we, we took our pro team, our Conquer the Gauntlet pro team, and we changed over to Mudgear Battle of the Lions, um, which I stole that idea directly from cycling, right? Cycling all the time, they have, they have one race company and then they, they change title sponsors, example, right? Like uh, Lance Armstrong's team was U.S. Postal, and then it turned into the Discovery Channel. And then I think it eventually turned into Astana with a couple more roster changes. So stole that directly from the cycling world. And uh, it's been working well for us, and we're excited to represent Battle of the Lines and Muddier moving into the future. So, again, Bobby Ross edited the video of the changeover that's on the Mudgear Battle of the Lions Facebook page. Uh, so make sure you check that out. I think it's also on our Instagram, and then it's also on our website. So botlproteam.com is the website. Uh, go check all that stuff out. All right, Jared, thanks again for coming on and taking the time. Any final shout-outs you want to give before we let you go? I just Thanks for having me on. And you know, a shout-out to Adrian and his team at OCR Worlds. I know I, I got in nitpick mode and, and blasted them for <laughs> – yeah, we making, me run, <laughs> making me run. I was like, I'm not going to blast them. And then I did. But, you know, I think I'm just I'm just residually angry as being a tall guy running up mountains. <laughs> so eventually, as my um, as my um, tiredness fades away from that event, I'll I'll stop complaining. So I I think they put out an awesome event. It was just yeah. an awesome event. And I, you know, I, I want to make sure that that's balanced out when we throw out things or say, hey, this could be good, this could be better, to just know, like, I, I think that this is the best, the best thing that we have going on in the sport. And it really does feel Agreed. international. Just, you know, the guys showing up and girls showing up from all over the world is, it's unique and it's cool. And, you know, we're excited for them to be doing it again in 2022 and for it to be bigger and better like it is every year. Yeah, absolutely. And I also, I ran into someone uh, from Kuwait at OCR World Championship. So speaking of people coming in from all over the world, some, uh, one of the girls that was at Hannibal Race Kuwait uh, flew over for, to America for the weekend, essentially, and ran the 3K and 15K and uh, headed back. So that was really cool. So yeah, definitely an international field. And like you said, easily the best uh, kind of OCR weekend in the sport. So, um, and I, this is coming from someone who hates mountain courses, right? Like I hate, I think they're terrible. Like I, that's not what I want to do, but I still think it was a ton of fun. You know, the obstacles, the atmosphere, and even just hanging out. Like I had a great time Saturday night, just eating dinner with people uh, from around the sport and just, just BSing all weekend. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Obviously be back next year. 
Okay. Thank All you, right. Evan. All right. Good luck this weekend. Yep. Okay. Bye. Okay.